What's up, everybody? This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Jungle Television. Jungle Television is creating gourmet art and streetwear, drawn and screen printed by hand here in Portland, Oregon. This dude, Alex, is making some of my favorite designs. His uh, clothing is heavy in my rotation. If you need jackets, shirts, prints, Jungle Television has got you covered. And uh, if you use the code DCP at checkout, you can get 20% off of your next Jungle Television order. So I'll put all those links in the episode notes so you can keep up with Jungle Television. And I appreciate Alex and his support for the podcast and for creating some of the dopest t-shirts in my closet. Let's start the episode. What is good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dan Cable Presents podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the program once again. If this is your first time listening, thanks for checking out the show. You can find fresh episodes coming at you every Friday. And if you want to help support this thing in a free way, you can do so by clicking subscribe on iTunes, clicking write a review, giving the podcast five stars if you feel like it is deserving of so, and that will help propel this thing into the tops of those iTunes charts, which will give it more visibility on the national and international level, helping strangers find the podcast and uh, just a great way to contribute to the sustainability of this thing and uh, cannot stress the importance of the iTunes reviews enough and really appreciate all the people that have already taken the time to do so. You can also find the podcast on Spotify now if that's your preferred listening place. And I've also been putting out some monthly playlists on Spotify and I'm trying to get those up on Apple Music as well. But I'll put the links in the episode notes for those Spotify playlists that I've been putting out every first of the month. And there's a Dan Cable Presents YouTube channel that you can also check out. And that features a bunch of in-studio performances and live show performances from uh, genres of all music. And kind of covers the the first few years of this podcast and all the studio sessions that we did at Mountain Air Studios for the first few years, as well as uh, some live shows that we did some uh, some tapings of. So hoping we get some uh, live music back here in Portland, Oregon soon. So maybe I can do some new live videos. That would be really rad. But the YouTube channel is there. There's over 100 videos to check out on there, so uh, check that out if you have not yet, and uh, hit subscribe there so you know when new videos hit the feed. I'll put all those links in the episode notes along with my Instagram and uh, the email for the show, which is dancablepresents at gmail.com. You can check out those new Dan Cable Presents mugs. Those are, uh, those are in my Instagram link tree there, and... Uh, Really stoked for episode 243, man. We got Same on the podcast from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. First Pittsburgh band on the cast. And uh, I had so much fun 
talking to these dudes we just had such a killer time and uh they put out this record called plastic western around this time last year and it's just something that i've listened to front to back over and over um since it came out and had been trying to link up a chat with them for a while and we finally got the thing together and it was uh it was absolutely worth the wait to uh have the opportunity to chat with these dudes and we talked about plastic western a lot and talked about how they came together and got this band started and just kind of their vision for it and we also dove into uh just kind of how the lockdown and the covid stuff definitely affected the psyche of the band for a while and uh i think that's true for a lot of people that uh kind of had their uh their passions i guess derailed or or even their hobbies derailed during this whole time is you know it can be it be i think it can be uh it can be hard to get out of those funks sometimes and especially when you don't know when things are going to resume and it's kind of hard to maybe figure out how to be creative in those same ways or get those, uh, scratch those same itches in, in completely different ways. So we, we dove into that a bit, which I thought was really cool, but overall we had some killer laughs and, uh, just so much fun talking to these dudes and, like I said, I just really fucking love their music, and if you like indie rock music and you dig things maybe like Modest Mouse and Built a Spill or Turnover, um, Pavement, yeah, there's just uh, a lot of cool things that come through in this music and uh, would highly recommend that you check out that. They also put out a, a newer single recently called gum stand and uh we chat about that a bit too but uh no sense in continuing to tell you what you're about to hear as uh as we are gonna dive into it momentarily but uh yeah shout out to the dudes from same from pittsburgh pennsylvania for doing the podcast this was so much fun and uh their links will definitely be in the episode notes as well. So you can follow them, give them a follow on the social media. So you know what's happening with them. If you, if you dig what you hear from this band, um, definitely keep up with them. And we're going to kick it off with one of my favorite tracks off of plastic Western. It's called cherry pull and peel. Let's do the damn thing. Keep telling me that I'm
jump into the thing then if you guys are all ready to do it. Yeah, yeah. sure. I'm, I'm good. Awesome. Um, Jesse, Tom, everybody ready? Yeah. Dan. I'm ready. Thank you for Dan's checking, ready. Jake. I appreciate that. That that's, nope. that's yeah, that's kind of you to like see if I'm ready to do yeah. the thing, you know? Yeah. Um, no nope, nobody thanks. ever asks if Dan's ready. You're you thanks know what? having us on. It's not often that anybody does ask <laughs> if I'm ready. So I that this might be a first. You guys are the first band from Pittsburgh on on the show. So, you know, we're just gonna continue down this road of of first. But um where are you located, Dan? I'm in Portland, yeah, this is our Oregon. Podcast now. Oh, awesome! Yeah, nice. feel fr- awesome. feel free also to just like take over. Like, you have questions. You guys want to ask each other questions amongst yourselves. You know, get to know each yeah, other further through we this podcast. Like, I'm about it. Like, we we'll can run riff. the podcast. It's, it's <laughs> our podcast, and and you are our guest. Um, yeah, Tom, I'm up in Portland, Oregon. Been up here about eight years or so. Nice. I've, I've been out there a handful of times. It's nice. I we've never played there, though. Really would like to. <laughs> yeah, we've got always, some friends out always there. Always wanted to go there. It's a bit still on my list. Yeah, Jesse and I were talking a little bit before you guys got on the mics and just about how Pittsburgh and, and Portland seem to get compared to one another a bit now. Just uh, the rise of all the hipster yeah, shit going too- on in Pittsburgh now. Two two heavily gentrified places. Yeah, <laughs> big time. Uh, yeah, I've never been out to Pittsburgh. Are you guys all kind of from, born and raised in that area? Not really. Like Tom and I are from like maybe like two and a half hours outside in like the woods, and then Jake is from Cleveland. Jamie is from like the woods as well. But like Western PA, you know, it's not like yeah, yeah. Like how far outside of Pittsburgh? I mean, it's like, yeah, like two and a half hours. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's like, I mean, Pittsburgh is like the closest city to us, so. And how'd you guys all start playing music together then if you're if you're not all from that area? Well, I guess like Tom and I grew up playing music together in like our scene in our small town and ended up going to the same college. Tom went to a different college for like his first year, but then went to the college that I was at. And um, that is where we met Jamie through like the scene that was happening there. And um, Tom and I ended up playing in this band when we moved to Pittsburgh um, called Naked Spirit. And Jake joined that band later on keys because we knew him just from playing around. Like his older brother was in a band uh, with him called Meridian. And we just kind of knew him from that, so we he, asked him to play. He used to keys. see me as this little kid. Yeah, Jake was. I he was telling me Jake, this the other day. <laughs> I remember seeing Jake outside of the show when he was like sixteen, maybe even like fifteen. I don't know. You were like, yeah, so young. I was. I was probably sixteen at yeah when I was first playing gigs there. Yeah, yeah. Um, looking young as fuck. <laughs> it's very funny. Yeah, like just this like scrawny little kid. Yeah. Just like I don't know, I play guitar and banjo. Like anyway, <laughs> that's like that's like what that's like my first impression of Jake. <laughs> no, but yeah. like anyway, so Jake played keyboard in the band that Tom and I were in, and when that band broke up, Tom and I wanted to start this new band, and we asked Jake to still be in it, and then we got Jamie to play drums because we knew him from school. Okay. When you guys were doing the the naked spirit thing, was that the similar setup then, Jesse and Tom? Like, 
you were yeah. you were the singer jesse yeah like i i've sang and played bass i've sang and played bass in like every band that i've been in um so that was just like the thing we kept going tom plays like more like lead guitar stuff so we just kept him doing that um yeah it was like the same it was like just like same was start out as this thing of like we wanted to write songs in naked spirit that were like more i don't know like whatever we wanted to do and the rest of naked spirit wasn't really about that at the time so it was really freeing for us to be able to do that and just experiment yeah it started like like same kind of started as a thing where it, like Jesse just said, like we were writing some songs that weren't, they weren't really working for what, uh, for what Naked Spirit was, which was, I guess I would describe it as kind of more like a straightforward, um, like, uh, like rock kind of thing. I'm, tr- I'm trying to think of bands that it sounds like. You can, you can, li- you can listen to the, to the Naked Spirit EPs that they put out. They're honestly pretty fucking sick. It's very like Paul Westerbergy sometimes and other times like. I don't know, like who, like maybe like a little bit of Tom Petty in there. Like we yeah. covered Tom Petty, and like I still love Tom Petty. It's not like we didn't want to be like Tom Petty. But it you're not, just, you're like that. That band didn't have like five minute instrumental tracks. Then I'm guessing mm-hmm. within no. the catalog. Okay, definitely <laughs> not. That band didn't. That band had like parameters that like we couldn't cross or like boundaries. You know, like it was like putting up, like. I don't know walls or and like we had to stay in this one lane for some reason. Yeah, I th- yeah I, f- I feel you. I I think I've I've been in situations like that. I feel like you know, and I feel like it often happens when you're when you're younger, trying to like figure out what that voice is even that you want to like express. Oh, for sure. And then there's that whole situation of like once, like you said, it's like once you start finding those things, like restricting, you want to do something that kind of feels free from that yeah exactly um i feel like that's probably something a lot of musicians you know do come across in their musical life like it's good to have that moment of like finally like just play whatever you want like there's no rules like no judging like it's fun yeah it's funny thinking about like the evolution of like all of the songs that we wrote from like when we started because like thinking back to like those first couple we were talking about him at at practice the other day we like had these like four songs that we like had like done some demos of and stuff and like they kind of sounded like a midpoint between same and naked spirit yeah it's like they were still yeah they were like very much still like rock like rock and roll songs yeah but like yeah was, um, yeah it was kind of like the sidekicks maybe like kind of like yeah um what was that other band definitely what was, what was the band that i was listening i had their cd and they had that song oh man this is the worst I, do you guys know what i'm talking about <laughs> um, <laughs> um not yet <laughs> it was that song I can't think of it. I'll have to figure it out later. But can like, you please sing it for us right now? I can't. Like, I just, <laughs> what was it? it? It wasn't. It was. Yeah. Oh, it was like. Oh, it was. Um, regret. The name of the album is Regretfully Yours, and it's by a band. Here, let me just Google it. But it's. Oh, uh, Super Drag. Yeah, like. Yeah. 
I remember how excited yeah. we were when we got into that band. Right. Someone said when we were playing in Naked Spirit, they were like, you remind me of Super Drag. And I was like, well, I've never heard of them. So I went to the CD store and bought their CD and was like super into it. And that was like a big influence for the beginning of Same. But we don't sound like them now. I don't know. But they're cool. I don't know who that is. Oh, so I have awesome. to go you do some look- research now, which is yeah. like one of the great parts of doing this podcast over the last five years is like, I feel like every conversation I get exposed maybe to this record that I don't know about and I have to like go oh, check yeah. it out now. Oh, that's great. Yeah, they're they're pretty sweet. I think I think they're a cool band. They're one of those probably one of like a million bands that just like got left in the nineties, yeah. you know? Like like people don't really like people didn't keep liking them as much, I guess. Or at least I don't hear yeah, about them. Here. Yeah. Or maybe people our age just don't like them. I feel like people that are like like five to ten years older than us were like into them. They yeah. stuck around through like the two thousands, but I don't know. That's that's that. You guys find that there's a quite a bit of overlap in the in the music that you guys enjoy, or does it come from a pretty wide range of things? There definitely is overlap for sure. Like we all have that like common ground, uh, like where the band stands. I think, but we do also each have like our own like unique things that we like. You know, like I kind of like I know that I personally I like a lot of like heavy music, like hardcore and punk and stuff. Um, but I know that like n- not really anybody else in same is that into that stuff. Um, so yeah, we definitely all have like our own things that we like. Yeah. I mean, that's like part of the fun is that like we all do have our own little personal choices of like music and every once in a while, like I'll send these guys in a group chat, like a song by Peter Gabriel or something like that. That's Hell just yeah. like really cool. But like, I don't know. We don't sound like them, but like, um, you can always learn from stuff like that, you know. So, yeah, I guess I guess if you think about it, like we do, we do sh- we share music with each other um, a lot, and it's usually like when you guys show me stuff, it's like stuff that I've never heard of before, you know, and probably the same when I send stuff to you too. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, it's fun to share. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like since like since we've been playing music together so long, it's kind of it's kind of like hard to think about this because like our like our tastes are starting to like overlap more over time. You know, it's kind of like a hive mind type of oh, thing. Yeah, like, yeah. Like if like if anyone's ever seen Star Trek, it's like the Borg, <laughs> the Borg. where we're all like we're all like plugged into this thing. <laughs> like our. <laughs> You're all fucking drinking our musical the, tastes are drink, like drinking the same yeah. Kool-Aid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For sure. They're yeah. Melding. Yeah. No, I think I think that's uh very cool when there's a, a wide input of things, you know, and especially when everybody's kind of sharing music back and forth, because I think that's gotta inform the sound some somewhere amongst that, you know. I think that's probably like Tom, you're talking about liking maybe being the the one person in the band that likes heavier shit. And I feel like that stuff shows itself in maybe like a cherry pull and peel where there's like very heavy elements to that song, but it's also got this smooth, like dreamy guitars too. Yeah. It's it like, it kind of helps us like, I, I don't want to say like cover all the bases, but kind of like, like, pu- like pull from different directions, you know? Yeah, um, it helps keep it fresh. I, I think it's a good thing because if like like if we all listen to the same thing, then like we would like write music that just 
sounds like that. Right. Like I might have a song idea where I want to take it in like one direction, but um, maybe like not everyone is on like the same page of wanting it to sound exactly like a pavement song, like I would want to, which is which is great, um, because it sometimes for me it might be too easy to rip off pavement, and these guys stop me. And Tom, you're not the only person that listens to heavy music. I listen to Linkin Park Hybrid Theory Whoa. and System of a Down <laughs> and, and System of a Down's Hypnotize and Mesmerize today at work. So Dang. Yeah. Nice. Hey, that's heavy stuff. Man. It, it, it is. Do you remember when I put on System of a Down in the car on that on that one tour and like it was very loud and heavy? Toxicity yeah, we were- is like super heavy. <laughs> Yo, toxicity like holds up, I think, pretty well actually as a yeah. As a record, yeah, I can't I mean, believe Jamie. I can't believe like that, that I was. Too. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, Jamie's even like played in hardcore bands. Um, so yeah, I guess I'm definitely not the only one. Yeah, Jamie. Yeah, Dave, Jamie's played in a lot of really heavy bands. I'm definitely not the only one, but I'm probably like the one who like actively listens to that stuff the most. Yeah, yeah, that's that's very true. And like keeps up on it a little bit, you know. Yeah, yeah, I'm like. I'm like, yeah, I listen to heavy music like Linkin Park. <laughs> Linkin Park seriously fuck- hits. Why are you wearing those fucking sunglasses too? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I was not, <laughs> but Linkin Park is good. Like, I don't know. Like, I know it's like funny, but it's fun to listen to. It's like it hits. And you know what? It's funny because they were just like, we're starting this new genre. Like, it's like rap and like heavy rock mixed together and like no one's doing it that was only for like a couple years like that was big and then it just didn't happen again yeah i think the issue is that it uh maybe breeded a lot of uh very shitty versions of that you know it's like it's it's what rage against the machine gets blamed for you know it's like fuck you guys did this really well and now everybody else wants to do it yeah true that's an inter- that that is like a very interesting era of music though, and that's kind of like definitely my my high school. I graduated two thousand three, so I might be a few years uh, ahead of you guys. But yeah, um, yeah, that was that was the time, man. Music was different. You know, fucking Linkin Park and Limp Biscuit. Oh yeah, <laughs> Fred Durst running around doing a bunch of go- goofy shit. It was yeah. rowdy. <laughs> yeah, it was rowdy. I just remember like going to the skate park and like like crawling just like being on the radio like really loud. <laughs> Tom, I was at PRP just like listening to Linkin Park. <laughs> Smashing some glass bottles. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <parking> yeah. <laughs> it's like that like just feels like Linkin Park to me, which is really funny. Just be, being bad at the skate park. Yeah, just <laughs> drinking like super sugary drinks. <laughs> I can't believe that I was listening to System of a Down when I was like so young. I was thinking about that too. I was like definitely like 11 or like 12, like listening to System of a Down. Like, Yeah, and that's like heavy geez. stuff. Like that's yeah, like, that's like, and, like the content. Shit. Oh yeah, I had this funny idea today. Like, um like system of down is very heavy and like to be introduced to them young is like really fucked up but like the content they were singing about is just like i wonder if noam chomsky likes system of a down (laughs) like just like yeah yeah yeah, like like they're really honest about what they're singing about like i've written about this (laughs) like yeah you're just like an 11 year old trying to comprehend the armenian genocide (laughs) 
You're like, what yeah, is yeah. this? <laughs> right. Yeah. It, well, it's just like you, you just didn't flies over it. my head. Yeah. Like <laughs> sitting on the school bus, just like yeah <laughs> i get it you're like i feel seen just like yeah i know what these guys are talking about yeah fully um sounds like all you guys started like picked up an instrument though pretty young yeah yeah i would say like i was like 12 when i started like playing guitar and bass yeah i got i got a guitar for my 12th birthday and started playing it and never stopped yeah, I started playing piano when I was pretty young. I think I was like six or something when I started. But I, I think I got a guitar at like 14. And Jesse, did you start writing tunes at a pretty young age? Yeah, um, I wrote songs with my cousin um, when we were like 13, 14. We first started writing songs um, that were just like really stupid and way out there. Um there's a song called Hank that we wrote that was about like, th- we were like, for real, like 13, we wrote a song called Hank. And it, it's like about going to meet your old friend you haven't seen in a long time, like, which 13 year olds like that just, you know, like we were acting like we were like 35 or 40. <laughs> and, uh, and your friend is like a stiff now. He's a working stiff and he's lame. <laughs> and, and, oh, that's so good. Yeah. Um. And Tom used to always request it whenever we would play, <laughs> um, which is, yeah. Do you remember doing that? Uh, there was like, um, like in the area where Jesse and I grew up, there was like a, a place called the Youth Center that had like, uh, like they were just like let kids have like, like punk shows, like per, like pretty regularly. And it was really cool. So like Jesse's band would play like there a lot. Uh, and I, I played there a couple of times too. I had like a, like a really shitty like like metal band when i was in like like eighth grade <laughs> they were sick it was like instrumental yeah. metal <laughs> yeah Wait, there was what? no there, there was no singer it was just like just like me and a bass player and a drummer what were you guys called again and what was the hit <laughs> um so like we literally like like we ha- had a different name like every show we played which was like three or four shows <laughs> yeah um but I think it's, I think like, I think systematic extermination was the name that kind of like, like stuck a little bit. Whoa. I remember it being Mutiny. Mutiny was another I thought one. Mutiny was cool, but I mean like there's probably like a hundred metal bands named Mutiny, like all in the, just our state. Yeah. Yeah. Norwegian <laughs> metal bands. There's a lot of, there's gotta be a lot of mutinies. Oh yeah. <laughs> our, uh, our big hit song, Jake, was uh, Breaking the Law by Judas Priest. Oh yeah, Ooh. dude. Yeah. I remember that. I yeah. remember I saw the video. My my dad like really wanted us to cover that song. <laughs> um so we did as like 15-year-olds just like butchering it but like people oh, went dude. crazy to it. People went insane to it. Yeah, like yeah, for real. That song like <laughs> lit people up. Man, I'll tell you guys. I'll tell you guys this brutal story um in high school. I had uh, a few people that I played music with these, these couple dudes. We played music with each other for like 10 years from we're in like 15 to 25. And our first iteration of this band was in high school. And, um, the last couple years we were in high school, there was a, a lunchtime battle of the bands. So every day for the week, a different band would pay, play at lunchtime. Oh, cool. And we fucking just like, flopped it super hard like the first the first year 
We we did yeah. redeem ourselves and win the following year. You were ready. But that first year we flopped it and like it was it was an early band, so we're we're playing very simple original songs, right? So the band that played the following day was probably technically like much better than us, just as musicians. They'd all like been playing a little bit longer, maybe playing together longer. They fucking covered our first track and did it so much better and just oh made us look God. like fucking assholes. Wow. <laughs> just like shots fired. Like you played an original song and they were like, that's not how you play it. <laughs> like, yeah, dude. Yeah. They fucking like, le- they, <laughs> wow. they learned the song while we were playing it. <laughs> they heard it one time for 30 that, seconds. Oh my God. Dude, fucking brutal. That yeah. is insane. Man, I haven't thought. so funny. Like, imagine doing that to someone like now. Like, imagine if we did, did that at a show. That's an incredible own. Like, yeah. I mean, that's not even like paying respect. I mean, like, normally if you cover a band song, that's like you respect them. This right. is the opposite style of covering. Yeah, this is like, hey, is this what you were trying to do with that song that you guys were playing yesterday? <laughs> they, they heard it one time. They heard the bad <laughs> version one time. Fucking brutal, wow. man. <laughs> was it a good song? Did they do it? Like, were yeah, you that like, was wow, the issue. Was, really I was good. just like, fuck, man, the song could sound this good. <laughs> 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 this is this is horrific. This is this is not cool. Um, yeah, Battle of the Bands. Those were those were cool. Like, we were all about them when I was growing up, but we like always lost them until it was like a fan vote where you just brought all your friends there. Um, but we always lost. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, we won the friend one. That was the only way that we could win. <laughs> uh, what'd you win? Uh, like, uh, I think like a hundred dollars. Which was cool. Not, yeah, not bad. Um, <laughs> First paying gig. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely remember playing like the county fair, battle of the bands, like surrounded by hay bales and like... <laughs> livestock <laughs> just playing breaking the law yeah for real so when you oh, guys man. like stop doing the naked spirit thing like get into the same stuff is that you feel like that was for everybody kind of the first time you're starting a band with having some prior knowledge of what it's like to be in a band and like what you want to be different and kind of have a vision for it in some way yeah um, for me, like I had been in like a handful of bands up until that point that you learn something and carry on to the next. And that was like, I feel like Naked Spirit was like, you learned enough from that experience to finally like get to that point where you know what you want to do. Like, you know where your mistakes were like, and that's the band for me that I like finally found my voice or like got to the point where I could find my voice. So, yeah, I don't know. And I guess, like, it's that makes sense because we've been in this band for, like, five years now, so... Yeah, I kind of feel the same way about about this band, too. Uh, it's kind of, like... Um, yeah, it's, like, the first time of, like, put, putting a strong intention uh, behind, behind what you're doing, I guess, you know? Absolutely. Whereas before, yeah. whereas before like, when I was younger, it was just, like... I just want to be in a band and like, I don't know, 
it's, it's kind of how Jesse said, you know, like a, a lot of things happen that just, uh, that you like, you just like learn from and it just like shifts your perspective into this, I guess. Yeah. Like one thing I think I learned coming out of Naked Spirit that I was kind of doing in that band, but like just not being afraid to try something that you might deem stupid at the time, because sometimes those stupid things turn out to be really cool. Um, and that's like a really valuable lesson that I learned. Just like try the thing. Like if it's dumb, whatever, like just don't do it then, you know? Yeah. But like it could turn out to be like really cool and different and exciting. So Yeah. And great when you're like surrounded around people and making music with like people that you're willing to like be vulnerable in that way and take those chances with them and hope that they're going to uh give you your honest feedback about yeah, those exactly. those uh experiments. Yeah, like I'm really comfortable like writing with these guys and just bouncing ideas off like we we try a lot of stuff when we're at band practice that like even if we think it might not work out we just go through it and try it like and no one no one is like no like that's dumb we're not going to do that you know like we all are really open to ideas yeah and I, th- I think a lot of that also is just because like like all of us have played in like several bands before this one too you know like all of us have like gone through this process like enough times to where we're at the point now where we can just be like no like let's let's just do it like you know like let's go through it yeah it really has helped not having like any defined sound either you know like not we didn't want to be a rock band or want to be you know a yeah a certain type of music we i think we were all just like yeah let's just kind of see what happens and like what's the uh what's the collaborative situation between you guys at, at this point or maybe when you when you started digging into Sam, like was it still a situation of Jesse kind of maybe you bring in the bones or an initial I, idea of a song and then everybody flushing them out together or is it is there sometimes where Jake you're bringing in some sort of riff or piano line that you've brought in or or Tom you the same maybe bringing something in for everybody to start on yeah, I think at this point, we've started a song pretty much every way, like whether it be an idea that I have or an idea that Jesse has or an idea that Tom has. Um, I think I think for most of the songs, it's Jesse like coming up with like an idea and with like a riff and going from there. But I don't know. It's it's definitely like it's definitely gotten to the point where we've all come in and it's turned into a song. Yeah, like it's it's happened. It's it's very rare for me to come in with a full song like done. Um, And that's not even like fun. Like that's happened maybe once or twice. Um, But for like whenever I write something like an idea I would much rather just like bring it to band practice like unfinished and just see where it goes. Um, I don't know. Like that's like, that's the fun part about band practice is just like writing songs together. Like it's been really hard to write because we haven't been getting together and that sucks. Yeah, we haven't adapted very well. 
So we're we're okay. starting to figure it out. I would say like no, yeah, it's true. I would say like like so far this year we've been like like sending ideas back and forth and like trying stuff out. Yeah, definitely. We're like slow to it though. <laughs> yeah, no, for for sure. Like, Seeing other people that have made like whole albums and stuff. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. we definitely really thrive in like being together, like working on a song together and like watch like getting that song to a finished point like with all four of us just like trying stuff on it. Um that's definitely how we write best and that's how we write like the best songs. I think you get to a cool level too like um like jesse you're talking about how you know sometimes maybe the idea you're bringing to the table you do have like a full vision for like what you want it to be and or what it could be but i think like once you let down that guard and kind of just like open it up and maybe trust the other people in the room that their ears are hearing something that you're not able to hear because you're just like so far in this yeah, idea. yeah, no, that's that's exactly it. Like, um, you're always gonna get something that sounds cooler and is more ri- like original when you have like everybody in the song contributing like their own personal touch, their own uh, ingredient. You know. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It definitely is like an element of trust. Um, because I feel the same way too. Um, you know, like sometimes you do have like a like a stronger idea for what a song sounds like, but a lot of the time it's like. Like, I, I want to see what these guys um, will hear when they hear it, you know, because I because I do like I trust like what all of them can do and like their like tastes and opinions and stuff. So you, you like usually I'm yeah. curious to be like, oh, like I came up with this riff, like I, like I wonder what like Jake or Jesse or like I wonder what kind of drum part Jamie would hear on this, you know, it's cool. It's fun. Mm. Yeah. And it's not it might not always be what you expect. And that's like the cool part about it yeah yeah and that's sometimes that's why it takes a while (laughs) (laughs) yep (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, i uh i really appreciate the patience that you guys seem to show throughout the tunes like uh there's you create a lot of space especially with the plastic western stuff which i guess is like it's kind of my intro to your band i got sent um the doggy it's lonely and doggy hell i got that uh sent to me like right before it came out and kind of introduced me into this record and uh yeah just like throughout plastic western i think there's you just show a lot of space and like or patience rather and create a lot of space for things to happen like rather than trying to like fill it all with just other ideas. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, that's uh, uh that's really nice to hear. Um I feel like that it is kind of like what we try to do. So awesome. Like it is a bit of a longer record at least for like nowadays. Um but like we knew what we wanted to do with it. Like we knew that we didn't want all the songs necessarily like jammed up against each other and like you know, we wanted to have like room for those instrumentals and stuff and like really set a mood. Yeah, for sure. I think, yeah, the, the, I think the instrumentals are like huge for the movement of the record too. And, um, I've, I, I don't know that, yeah, that record was definitely something I probably listened to just as much as anything like front to back, uh, last year. Um, Thanks. And I got it, I guess, like right around this time was when 
that came out because I know that I had like a playlist episode and I included that okay. track and that was like a year ago, which is crazy. Um, yeah. So I had been uh, I'd been looking forward to to chatting with you guys just because I've I've dug this record so much and just played it a lot and uh, yeah, like the the instrumentals. I was uh, Plastic Western, the the self titled track that drum machine oh yeah it's the the ace tone it's not a a real one but it's like the samples from an ace tone drum machine yeah okay um is that like something that started with that sample um that started as like the guitar riff was played on bass and we used to open our set with it and um i guess it was like awkward for people that song went through like a lot of iterations (laughs) over like three years time probably like i have really early demos of that song um there's some there's a recording out there of us like opening a show with it i think yeah yeah and it's it's not bad it's just like yeah it's just different um that like if you listen to that song at the end of it it kind of like turns into like more of like a soundscape type of thing with like some like field recordings and it ends with like a live recording of us like jamming it at band practice where like Jamie is on the drum kit and Tom is playing it on guitar. I'm on bass and Jake, that was when you had a broken wrist and uh, is that right? Or, well, you were playing slide guitar. Oh yeah. No, it wasn't when I had a broken wrist, but it was, but I was playing slide and I remember I did that for a little while on that song and then I, right. I don't know. We forgot to do that. Like, I wish we would have put that in there. I mean, it's fine, but like... It's it's cool that we still did in a little way. It kind of is. Yeah, you're right. Good point. Maybe that's why that got included. mentioned the just kind of having a different intention with this whole project and i feel like listening to plastic western i kind of i i got a sense that there was a lot of intention with just how the record was made it seemed like and i think i got it got a lot of that just out of the way that it flows so i was curious about the sequencing of, a, of that record and whether or not was is that something you guys took a lot of time with and then also um to piggyback on that is the instrumentals were those like written after the other tracks just to like fill the gaps and, and help create things flow or did they all just kind of happen together? Yeah. I mean, to answer that second question, it's no, like they were all written at like around the same time we were writing everything else. We probably had like more instrumental tracks than that, I guess, if I, if I can remember, but <laughs> um, like, yeah. those are the ones like, like we, like when we were like laying out the record, if, if I'm like remembering this correctly, like we knew that we wanted to have a couple instrumental tracks, um, but we didn't know which ones they were going to be yet. Um, and that kind of got like shook out later. Um, like I, I know specifically I can remember with Plastic Western, that's one that got like 
like we were playing it live and stuff, but then it got like shoved to the back burner for a long time. Um, cause like we couldn't like, like I remember like Jesse, like couldn't come up with like a, like a good, like vocal idea that he really liked for that song. Um, right. so it got like shoved back, but I really was crazy about like the guitar part. And I was just like, we need, I like always looking for a way to like bring that song back. And so then when we started talking about like instrumentals for the record, I was like, Hey, like, do you remember like that song that we used to like play live? And then it kind of like came back in we kind of started working on it again. Um, yeah. So that's kind of how that one happened. But yeah, I do remember with the instrumentals we like, and we did put like, I would say we put a decent amount of thought into like the sequencing on the album and like, yeah, like the like ebb that. and flow of the album. Like we, we talked about that a lot. Yeah, for sure. Like that, we definitely considered that. Um, Tom, I feel like you really came up with like the skeleton of like the sequencing. Um, and I know we wanted, like we knew we wanted to start it with it's lonely and doggy hell going into bluish. Like that was like, it's easy to like figure out the first two songs, but the rest, it was, it was hard like to get it like perfect. I don't know. I guess I would say it's, I I don't know if there could be a better way to sequence it. Um, I like the sequencing. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's fucking rad. Yeah. I appreciate you like uh, noticing that too. Cause like, we, like we did put thought into it yeah. <laughs> so it's nice it's nice to hear someone like think about it and notice it <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> yeah absolutely like one of my favorite sections of the record is the uh probably like the last minute of landlady into make it so which is that instrumental kind of oh, bare yeah. guitar like i think that section like yeah just makes those other two songs around it so oh, that's good. great that really like into shoot it just yeah, that's a, cool... a neat little soundscape that you get there because it's like yeah. Landlady fades into uh, Make It So, which kind of like ends in like the, it's like a layer of the guitar reversed that kind of like comes in. And then that, yeah. and then that like Absolutely. synth thing or like the keyboard like pulsing thing from Shoot It comes in.
was Matt um, doing like the suggesting that it plays in reverse, like it comes in, right? Yeah, he just flipped the tape. He flipped the mm. tape over. Yeah, that was. Oh, cool. and like during that song, that song sounds like a little bit like out of tune too. And that was Matt like, um, like yeah. messing with the tape reel, like as it was recording. So when it played back steady, like it had all those like warbly sounds in it. Wow, that's cool. I didn't even know yeah. that. Yeah, he was like tapping on it and like kind of like slowing it a little bit in ways. So then when you played it back without him doing that, like you heard all that, like the inconsistency. That's really cool. Yeah. So is uh is Matt the person that engineered yeah. the record? Yeah. Okay. And we can say he produced too because he did shit like that. Oh yeah, like we put mics on a skateboard that were like panned left and right and like he had me like wheel it back and forth between a speaker like to get like this like weird panning effect in was it No, oh, I think yeah. it was I think it was 2094 US yeah. Open. I think you're right. It was dude. your guitar part, Tom. Yeah. I, what did we do? We did something weird on Cherry Pull and Peel too. Like, oh, I know on that one we did all the weird stuff with like reversing the uh, like the auxiliary percussion and stuff. Yeah, yeah. To make it sound like you're in space. In the void. Yeah. 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 Um Yeah, some of the some of that texture stuff. <clears throat> I don't know if any of you uh guys listen to Alex G or Sam. Oh yeah. I, I wasn't at the time, but like after recording that album is probably when I got really into Alex G. Yeah. Some of some of those things like you're talking about like the reversing the guitar and things like that. Give me those vibes. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's all that but stuff th- that like kind of makes the album. I mean, it's like obviously the songs <laughs> make the album, but it's like those little things are always just like the the cherry on top. Yeah, especially if you're listening front to back, you know, and you want that full experience. Those are the things that, yeah, definitely give it the character. Those are the things that give it the replay value. Cause there's always those little things to kind of discover. I think, especially listening in different headphones compared to just like listening into the oh, car. Yeah. So I feel like I've, I've listened to you. I've listened to your record in all of these <laughs> forms and it oh, sounds, yeah. it sounds great. in all you of know, them. That's, so that you mentioned that I remember like when <laughs> we first got like our masters back, like I had the album on my phone and I would listen to it like, going for a walk or something and like you would like i would like Mm. interpret the lyrics like a little bit differently like based on my surroundings or just like the feel of the album and that's that's a fun thing to do is just like put yourself in a different environment like with your own songs and it can like change the way you think about them or the way they feel yeah i think especially like like over time when maybe those songs start feeling stale at times that's a good thing to shake it up but it's definitely a vibe i appreciate like the balance of like they're it feels heavy at times but it's like not loud <laughs> in some ways or like it still like keeps all those dreamy textures and uh it just there's just a cool a cool balance so yeah i definitely picked up on the sequencing and appreciated that a lot osho tapes i think is my favorite right track maybe if i have to pick one there's not a track that I like skip over. So if I have to like narrow it down oh, to one, cool. Osho Tapes is like kind of the one that like really grabbed me. And I just also appreciate like 
all the wild, wild country content, you know, that that song oh, seems yeah. to be wrapped yeah. up in. anybody that hasn't seen that documentary series like it's it's one of the best i think it's it's uh yeah it's definitely worth pretty, checking out pretty incredible pretty incredible documentary <laughs> amazing yeah i love it amazing i love dude. it yeah and i the video is cool that you guys put together just you know syncing yeah. up some of that to your guys's music and then like jamming out sometimes and jumping up and down to the to the same track is yeah, yeah that's that was, you did a good job on that. That's the Osho tape. 
That's what the Osho tape yeah, consists that's, of. You put it in your, your VCR <laughs> TV <yeah>. combo. <laughs> people, the I, yeah, people like in we, that video, we, that's how we feel when we're at practice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was like I liked having all the wild, wild country stuff in there. As um, It gave it a nice backbone. But, like, I really like the other weird stuff the other stuff that we had in there too like um there was like some of the alan watts um there's like footage of him spit yeah spinning his yin yang and doing like um oh yeah we had like videos from like a mattel toy factory and like the drawing board like their meeting like this will be the toy that we make next oh yeah yeah if there's a if there's a same alan watts collab like instrumentals that you guys start throwing down like i'm gonna i'm all in on, you on know, that we always like we always like toss around the idea of just doing an instrumental albums because like we all love making instrumentals a lot like every band practice we end up like jamming an instrumental or like even making another one up and just being like oh that's a cool idea like and i don't know if it's just like if we feel like we're not supposed to only make instrumentals because like we're a band like that has a singer and like vocals and stuff, but like we would definitely make an entire album of instrumentals. And, uh, I think we should. Yeah, I think we should too, especially because, especially since like every song that we write, we're all like, at least with a lot of them, we're always just like, yeah, I mean, this one could just be an instrumental. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's like so many, so many of them just like, I don't know, just feel good to play on loop and with nothing else in the way. Yeah, for sure. That's got to be, I feel like maybe a cool spot to be in as, as maybe someone that's not the lead singer of the band. When your band gets to the point or your singer gets to the point where they don't feel like they need to be singing on everything. (laughs) And that kind of like ego is, is pushed aside a bit. And just like down, like everybody's just all in on like what's best for the song and who has like the cool idea to, to go with. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm down to not have to write lyrics. Um, <laughs> yeah. like I, <laughs> yeah, I like to there. write lyrics, but it's much easier to just like play a bass line over and over again while like Jake and Tom come up with like cool guitar parts. <laughs> yeah. Jesse, is it easy for you to to write off of like from outside of a first person view and maybe, you know, something like Osho tapes, is it easy for you to like watch something and maybe be inspired to watch write from that perspective or something like that? That was like, that song definitely went through a lot of renditions, but like the Osho reference came about because Tom and Jake watched that documentary before I did. And they really wanted to like, call a song Osho tapes or like write a song referencing Osho and like we didn't really for a while and like I would say like 50% of the lyrics of that song were written like in the studio and that's when like finally it was like okay we need to like put Osho in this is that right do do I have the timeline right I think so I think you might have even yeah, I, I think you may have come up with that specific line a little bit beforehand, but okay, yeah, you de- but you definitely wrote all like most of that song in the studio, the lyrics. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Like the title of the song uh, came after the lyrics, like for sure. I think because like of. we 
I, yeah, because I think it was like, oh, that's a cool line. Like that should be like what the song is. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, like these songs just get written like piece by piece over a long time. So it's like it definitely wasn't a thing where it was like this song is about Osho. Um, but there's a line in there. There's a couple. <laughs> yeah, we. It's funny actually. The other day, I had I was just going through old audio recordings on my phone, and I had a recording from 2015. Or no, what was it? I'll look real quick. I think it was like 2015 or 2016, where yeah, we were playing, we were jamming on the first idea of Osho tapes, and we were playing it so slow. The song was called Sunspot at the time, and we were playing it like really slow. Yeah, like all different melodies, totally different lyrics. Like it's it's an entirely different song. I know you guys recently put out the gum stand single and the B side to that is a demo version of landlady. Um, I was just curious what the, uh, the thought process there was to, you know, drop, drop that version after putting that out on plastic Western. Um, I think it was like, we had that demo and, um, I think like I don't know we just like revisited that demo it was like on my computer and like I sent it to everyone just like oh check out this old demo of landlady and it like sounded like pretty cool and we just thought it would be fun to like release that because it sounded good it wasn't just like a crappy demo like it was good enough to like release you know um so yeah that was like a cool thing to like add as like a bonus to the gum stand single track it was cool to hear kind of like that stripped down version seems to have yeah that demo version seems to capture a lot of feel it definitely did which is why we which is why we felt comfortable doing that it's like because i think that 
we had jammed that song maybe one time or uh, maybe a couple times at at a practice but i remember jesse had gone home and made that demo and it was like it was a vibe instantly i think like some pieces of that demo were like recorded like sort of like the day that i was writing that song or working on that song like so it did have like a it was a very like real time kind of like as the song was written that was being made so because like tom's guitar like isn't in that you know like that's what you're kind of lacking right right kind of gives me uh some mac demarco vibes oh okay on the stripped down version I'm a fan of Mac DeMarco. Yeah. I was actually just listening to um, like some of his demos the other day. It was pretty cool. I, I, yeah. He put out like a demo record like not that long ago. I, th- I think he does that every now and then. Yeah, he has a I, couple couple demo things that I found. I always appreciate that, that he does that because they are cool. Yeah, it's cool. That's something I've definitely developed uh, the patience for as I've gotten older. I think as like as a younger person, when people would do that, I was I'm just like, why do I want to hear yeah, these like, like it's not even loud versions of these songs? And now it's like, but then you have like some like that landlady demo, and I do think it, you know, maybe it captures an energy that was only there at the time of recording that demo and stripping some things away, kind of lets some of the you know just the rawness of the song shine a little bit yeah it's something i definitely want to do more of and i think we are going to be demoing more um especially because of like not being able to get together as often or like with the full band so yeah that's that's kind of like how we're that's kind of how we're operating things right now um it's kind of like like building out demos like all like by ourselves and then like getting them together to make like a another demo (laughs) yeah like the like the like the demo format is kind of like it's just how we're doing it right now which is sweet everybody just gets the file and throws their layer on it and sees what they can make work yeah pretty much yeah (laughs) yeah i think i i feel like a lot of artists have been kind of you know forced into that this year which can be, I think, can be a good thing too. To if you lean into that process and you know let it force a different kind of creativity, maybe. And now you're you're instead of jamming songs out, you guys are kind of producing songs together in the box, which is obviously you know something you don't usually do. So it's probably going to bring out some different vibes. Yeah, we're definitely new to it. So I like that the method. I like that the method of the songwriting it kind of is forced to change a little bit. Like instead of having to come up with something on the spot at band practice, like you can be a lot more like methodical and really like take the time to think about your part. Um, and it's also, and it's like interesting too, cause it's just like, okay, Jesse did his part. So like now, or like I, I want to do mine next or like, it's like there, everyone has their own step in the process and it's yeah it's fun it definitely took uh it definitely took some getting used to for me um but it's been it's been really it's been really good um like as far as like recording stuff at home and like producing and stuff like like before COVID happened I had like a pretty limited like knowledge and like ability to do that stuff um 
because these guys were pretty good at it. So I would just, like, I would always just let them do it, you know? Like, if you're always around someone who knows how to do it, you don't need to know how. Um, but, like, since I've been, like, by myself all the time, I've, I've been really, like, focusing more time on, like, learning more about that stuff and learning how to do it. Um, and now that I'm kind of there where I am able to do it by myself, it, it feels a lot better and it, it makes it a lot more fun. And, it, like, if, the, if like, this, all this never happened, like, I, I probably never really would have took the time to, like, sit down and do this stuff. So I, I see it as, like, a, a cool opportunity to, like, do something that I otherwise might not have done. Oh, and uh, speaking of which, I just put acoustic guitar over Fun Stoppy, and it sounds pretty cool. Oh, awesome! So I will have to send that to you guys. Yeah, we need to get we need to get Jamie to record some drums to that. Yeah, like that's that would the be thing. Sweet. Like we can, we'll do it. The next thing for us is figuring out how to record drums. That's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah like none of us are recording. That's, that's the one. That's the so. one. <laughs> Jake, do you find uh, yourself uh, writing more from the guitar when you're coming out with ideas, or do you fuck around with the keys quite a bit as well to come up it's with things? It's definitely mostly on the guitar. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, with the keyboard stuff, that's always kind of like when we're like on the point on the part point of like thinking about auxiliary instruments and stuff like that. Um, yeah, everything normally comes from a riff. For sure, and uh, you're doing you doing like the backup vocals during the live yes. shows. Is that what I I saw? I saw one. I found one like bootleg video of you guys playing. That's uh, awesome. It was I don't know. I think it was posted something from like ten months ago. It was like an outdoor festivaly type looking thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It was from Mr. Smalls, I think. Oh wait! Oh oh no! Actually, I think it was from the weekend at the Black Lagoon. I oh think. really? That's yes. It said Black yeah. Lagoon on it. Yeah, there there, yeah. That's a cool video, actually. Our friend Jake, he has like a video brand, like I don't even know what to call it, video brand called Yeah Gray Coast. Like a like a vlog. He makes yeah. like he makes like these little episodes. It's like it, a, it's pretty it's, it's pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah. It, oh, it's awesome. Scene. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. It's a video magazine. It's uh, Grey Coast. Is that still what he's called? Yeah, Grey yeah. Coast. Grey Coast TV. Yeah, it's cool. Like, yeah, he does. He does cool stuff. So that was probably like a fun video to watch. Yeah, yeah, that one's cool. That was a really fun show. They had like a mini yeah. ramp set up outside, and it was like so many friends from back where Jesse and Tom grew up. Oh, and yeah, like was... Naked Spirit played that show, like the continuation of Naked Spirit. And then like, Tom, did you get in on a song too? Uh, no, I didn't play a song, but I like brought them all. I, like, oh, you did stand brought, up. I brought them all on stage. Yeah. Yeah. And then I like sang an old song with them. It was, it was a fun time. Yeah. Hell yeah. And uh, what can you guys tell me about Jamie, who is not with us? Uh, Jamie was uh, a good soul. Yeah. Yes, no, very just, good soul. No, it sounds like he died. Exactly. Like, <laughs> no, he's 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 not with us here in this Zoom chat. He's he's with us. <laughs> yeah, I haven't jammed with Jamie in so long, and I really miss that. I really miss being in a room with live drums and like hearing him lay something down to an idea. Like that needs to happen again. Yeah, absolutely. 
Jamie's yeah, great. Ja- Jamie's a really good, really cool guy. He's very reserved and very uninterested in technology. I would actually, <laughs> I would actually be very curious if he's ever done a Zoom call. <laughs> I genuinely don't know. I'm yeah, that's a real thing. Some people don't don't fuck with. I Zoom. doubt it. But it's cool. But it's cool. You know, he just he just does his own thing. I had yeah. I was lucky enough to get together with him a couple like uh, a couple weeks ago and and play. He's doing well. And you guys have been able to hang a bit here and there throughout this whole thing. Yeah, kind of. Like, like here here and there, yeah. Definitely not as much as we would like to. Um Yeah, like during, like when it was nice outside, it was easier cuz we could like meet up outside or something. Um but like since the winter time has hit, pretty much have been keeping to ourselves. Yeah, for sure. It sucks. <laughs> Yeah, ain't a fucking bummer that you put out this really killer record, which I'm sure you had some plans of of playing some dates, and then this whole thing unfolds as the record is, you know, coming out. Yeah, we didn't even get to announce the tour dates. Yep, and we never will. Until announce them. Yeah, (laughs) we're just gonna like never announce the tour dates that we were gonna do like way later. So here's what we were going to do last year. <laughs> it's just like like 300 days. That'd be cool. But we were going to do 300 days. Yeah. We were going to play Portland like four times. Just keep circling. Well, if you ever make it here, you got a place to stay and uh, can help you put together a show as well That's, so will i'm sure we'll take you up on that offer yeah that'd we've, be al- very tight. we've always wanted to do a, a tour out onto the west coast um yeah i'm sure we'll hit you up in a in a couple years please oh, do God. it'd be fun to get to do this uh in person one day you know yeah for real but uh yeah i guys i i just like you guys's music a lot I, I listened to it pretty frequently. I went back and listened to even that first release. It's the the weird. Hell oh yeah, weird, weird as, as hell. hell. Yeah, yeah, knowing knowing Plastic Western, what do you think of Weird as Hell? I really liked Weird as Hell because when I got introduced to Plastic Western, all was out. All that was out was It's Lonely and Doggy Hell. So that was kind of what I was finding, yeah. I guess, we, at that we, point. Yeah, there, so I was we just like, had like those two EPs. There wasn't yeah. that much up. So I, <laughs> I was, uh, I was into it, and then yeah, I just really thought Plastic Western was, you know, like we talked about, just this more well thought out, you know, if mature is the right word, maybe, you know, it just seems like you guys are getting, obviously, like we talked about, you're just leaning more and more into what your band is, and everybody's like figuring out how to make that work, and just seems to serve the song and whatnot and try to get out of each other's way. Yeah. Um, yeah, you nailed it, man. <laughs> no, man, you guys nailed it. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, we don't even know what the next record is going to sound like exactly, like, which is uh, a lot of fun, I guess. We know, we know there'll be some instrumentals. Yeah, there's definitely going to be instrumentals on this one. There's going to be some instrumentals. I hope there's some Alan Watts. Some other people might help. Hopes there's some Alan Watts. Um, 
what was like the the deal with Gumstan? Was that just kind of a one-off song that you guys kind of had at that time and just wanted to put something else out since the whole pandemic was kind of happening and yeah, I mean like that was recorded that was recorded at the same time as the album. It just we just decided it didn't feel like it didn't have a place, you know, where it felt right. Yeah. So we held on to it. Yeah, we thought it sounded really crazy. Like we weren't really liking it when we recorded it, but then we visited it um just like after we had put together the album and everything. Like we we were like, "Ah, we don't really want to put it on the record." And then we listened to it like months later and we were like, wow, this recording is actually really cool. And like, especially thinking about it outside of the context of the album, it like stands on its own a lot better. gonna ask you guys if it was recorded at the same time because it definitely does seem to have its own vibe so it's cool that you you were able to kind of see it after some, like give it some time and like not see it in the context of the other tunes because so i can see how it would be like i don't know if this uh this one feels like it's part of the the collection like part of the yeah, flow it's like almost too contrasting like there's like contrasting songs on the record but that one definitely like would have been a little much i guess for sure um but i like that it's a little much especially just like on its own it's a lot of fun absolutely well cool i appreciate you guys taking the time and jumping on the line with me and uh letting me talk to you about about your tunes it's always uh it's always cool for me to, especially since I've spent so much time listening to your record now, and it has been like a year since I've been familiar with uh, the music and what you guys do. It's uh, It always seems to add an extra attachment to it. Like after after we've had this conversation, I'll have this new, new lens to listen to it from and kind of uh, have this sense of, of who you guys are as people that made the music. So I appreciate it. I appreciate the time, especially I know you guys are on the East Coast and we've got we got that goofy oh, three yeah. hour time delay, so it's a little later for You're you good. guys than it is me. Not a problem. Yeah, no worries. On, I mean, yeah, like, we could we could talk about this stuff forever. Yeah, like if you have any questions about the album, like since I like you did say you listen to it a lot, like I like talking about it. I feel like we don't get to talk about it that much, so like don't feel like we do this all the time because we really don't (laughs) (laughs) 
like it's it's fun well, it's fun to like talk about the record like with you and also with like tom and jake you know like yeah i can't I believe know. i just found that out about the tape machine about matt <laughs> yeah right fucking with the tape that's what i'm talking about like yeah you're that's like cool dan's not the only one learning new things <laughs> like what were you guys doing when i was inside eating uh chili or whatever we had made you know like i'll i won't know unless you tell me like yeah yeah like oh tom used a glass slide instead of a metal one for this i'm like oh wow like i had no idea like interesting <laughs> stuff like that nobody told me <laughs> nobody told me i wasn't there for I that just, i was eating stew so what does it feel like for you guys being like a year removed from the release of this thing is is it uh are you still like stoked on this music or does it all just kind of fucking feel weird because you don't get to play any music right now together really oh, i'm so, i'm so stoked on the music i'm definitely really stoked on the music um it and it just makes me want to put out more music soon yeah it makes me want to like just play it together again like i would play all those songs together and just feel really good about it yeah i'm, I'm definitely really stoked about it too um, and I'm totally like looking forward to the next thing in the sense of like, like, let's do that again. And, you know, I honestly even have kind of a feeling of like, like, you know, obviously I'm a little bit bummed out that we didn't get to like, like put out the album and then like tour it and like do all of that stuff. So now like my mindset is that I want to like do it even harder on the next one. N- not necessarily like tour harder, but, you know, just like put out another good album <laughs> that we like that we like we're confident about you know i just want to do it again i think we can do like and like now that we've all like like learned so much more even just about like like recording and we're just like kind of writing in a different way now um i, I think whatever we do next is going to be really cool so i i'm definitely like stoked about the album we put out like next year but i'm like even more excitedly just like looking looking for what we're going to do next i think even it's seems to be even clear within the releases that are available at this point that it seems like you guys are going to keep stretching and making records that sound different each time. You know, it's maybe always going to feel like a same record, but it's, uh, seems to have different feels and like aesthetic to it. I think you're right about that. Like I keep thinking about what the next record might sound like just going off of like the song collection that we have right now. And I think it is going to be like, an album like Plastic Western, but it definitely will be different. It'll just be kind of put together sort of in the same way. Um, but maybe it'll have like eight instrumentals and only three songs with words, you know? Who knows? <laughs> yeah, that's definitely that's definitely a really important part of writing music for me too, is like doing something different each time and like not not doing the same thing you did before. So, and I, I think like everybody else probably feels similarly. So the next album will reflect that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's like what you guys said. I'm just really eager to keep writing. Um, that's like the fun part of being in a band, like not playing sucks, but like at least like we still are able to write to some extent. Yeah. I feel like especially recent, especially recently, it's been like, we're hitting a stride again. And like feeling like, yeah, there's some there's some momentum going for sure. Yeah, there definitely was a period of, of like probably a couple of months last year where I just was like super down on it, where I was just like, well, 
like we can't have band practice so fuck it all i guess you know like i wasn't playing music that much for like like some of like the summer and fall but now i'm kind of like i'm like like the past like two months i probably have like found my stride again where it's like like the the work is starting to like feed into like more exciting work and i'm just getting hyped to work on it like more and more again i'm, I'm definitely like there again it's refreshing yeah and like not to sound too grim but like there's a point in time tom where i also felt like i don't know like is this are we done are we even a band like it just didn't feel like like as much as we were still a band it just did not feel like it because like nothing was happening like when like when the pandemic was like really bad like leading up to the holidays i guess like it was just like man it just feels like i'm not even in a band right now because nothing band like was ever happening yeah like it that, that sucked like the last time i had the feeling of not being in a band was in like 2013 or something and i remember that sucked that's i was thinking about that the other day i i wonder when like when is the last time that i like went that long without like doing band practice like, yeah. like probably many years <laughs> yeah for sure crazy strange times but it's uh you guys must believe in what you're doing or really enjoy each other's company doing it to keep going through this and, and like figuring out a way to be excited about it. Yeah, we do. <laughs> and everything, everything, everything kind of like goes up and down, you know, we said we went down. Now we're coming up. It's true. We are on the up right now. It's like stocks. Same stock is on the rise. <laughs> you need to, you need so. to buy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hold on to that one <laughs> it's topical topical stuff right now. It's, stock. it's a messy game <laughs> um well cool i was thinking we'd uh play it out play the episode out with the last track on plastic western which is must have hit your head perfect definitely another one of my my favorite jams right and uh yeah i feel fortunate i finally got to connect with you guys been wanting to do it for a while so again appreciate the time and the hang yeah likewise super super great talking with you super nice meeting you glad you reached out that was really fun yeah and um we should keep in touch too you know this doesn't have to be the last time we ever speak so yeah 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 please we'll do see you on the love internet. to have you guys yeah love to have you guys back on you know anytime you got new music right on yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, hope, hopefully we will. Hopefully we'll have some sooner than later. We'll let you know. But until then, there's lots of tunes to check out. If, you, if you're not familiar with Plastic Western, you should get familiar. Like I said, something I listened to heavy in the rotation last year. Listened to it a lot front to back and just a, a lot of great jams. So I'll put all the links in the episode notes so people can uh, keep up with you guys and Hopefully, you know, add you to their playlists and follow you on all the things that they want you to follow on. So now that, so you, uh, you know, build those numbers that everybody wants to see <laughs> so high. <laughs> stocks going uh, up. <laughs> stocks going up. Buy same, the same. Dollar band, sign uh, and is what, is, Yes. <laughs> that's, 
really what you want to be investing in right now <laughs> is that we're gonna fucking blow this shit up on reddit so if you miss it don't cry <laughs> if you miss it that's on you that's on you <laughs> um yeah um we end every episode of the podcast with the guests saying the uh the tagline for the show which is it's a program which is just some ridiculous way to to end this thing it doesn't really mean anything but uh it just kind of wraps up this uh, this conversation that we've had. So if we could get the uh, you know the same, it's a program. We can properly wrap this thing up. Say it at the same time. You can do it however you want. It is a you can do it all. It is a program. You can do it all fucked up. Yeah, I, yeah. I have to talk. It's a program. Oh yeah, program. Lawyer before I say anything <laughs> like that. You you can just you can just do whatever okay. you'd like. Well, look. there's no intro for it. You can create your own let's, intro. Even let's if you do it. There's let's no rules to this podcast. Three count. We nailed the three count with the clap. Let's do a three count with it's a program. Yeah. Dan? Uh, yeah, Dan, count us off. Oh, you yeah. want me to count you yeah, off? Yeah, we do. All right. I'm responsible for this being fucked up. Yeah, it's all on <laughs> you. All right. One, two, three. It's, it's a, a program. program. It's a program. Ah. Oh. You guys nailed it. Nailed Perfect. it. Perfect. Lo- love the band. It's a programs through the zoom. It's always like fucked up and, <laughs> and nice. there's like no reason to maybe, fix it. It just well, is what it is. Just throw a little reverb on it and maybe a little bit of slap back, you know, in, in post. Yeah. I'll reverse it. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, actually. Yeah. That's an atmosphere on there. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> just uh, add a little, add a little spice to the mix. Um, that's the same, everybody. And uh, I'll put the links in the episode notes and uh, playing it out with must have hit your head off that plastic Western record. And that's the uh, the Jelly Jams. And we will catch you on the flip side, Portland, Pittsburgh, wherever you're listening from. <laughs>